Welcome to the Musicians Insider. I'm your host, Aaron Cronus, and today we have Denise Santos, who has done a lot of pretty interesting things in the Los Angeles scene. So why don't we let this Emmy-winning musician based out of L.A. tell us a little bit about what, how she's gotten where she is and what she's up to. Yeah, so thank you for having me. And as you mentioned, I am an Emmy-winning composer in L.A. And I basically what I do is I write music for films and TV shows. And I've, I've been a musician my whole life. And composing for film and TV wasn't really an accessible option. Like, I had no idea it existed as a job. I, I think as a lot of my colleagues would say as well so I kind of found my way into the film tv scoring world through a former bandmate of mine who at the time when we were um gigging a lot and hang out a lot um he was working on a short film and kind of that like opened my eyes to like oh as musicians we can actually do this like we already are making music like it probably wouldn't be too different writing music as a band, especially because we were a post-rock band. So it was instrumental, very cinematic. And then I saw how like he directly applied what he knew how to do as a post-rock band member into film scoring. So that opened my eyes to this whole industry. And I've been doing it for like 10 years now, more than 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's great. So like for someone who wants to get into that world, what what's the entry point for that? Like, where do you go from band to, to, to film score? Like, what's the first step that you find? Well, what I did was I basically um, first I learned production because I think as a composer, you need to know music production, especially when you're starting out. Like you won't have big budgets to hire a score mixer and you won't have budgets to hire an engineer. So you need to be able to do all of that. So I studied production. I did a la carte classes. Like I took a private production class from someone in the Philippines who was teaching it. And then I also did a Berkeley online. So once I learned how to use my DAW and that's how I like really felt like, okay, let's do this. I think I can try pitching myself as a film composer and i was and, gonna ask you what platforms you use and you threw the daw word so i'm like okay she knows the terminology <laughs> uh, yeah. so i use logic okay. i was i was taught in logic in that like private um production class that i took so i have found it so useful to music composition um so i've stuck to it because like the, the the longer you stick to your DAW, I feel like the better you get at it. I'm not one to like give up on logic because it doesn't do something for me. And you can always like, you know, there's always updates and there's always new cool features that we don't probably know about. So like a simple Google search sometimes like saves my problems. And and at the end of the day, it's just wave files. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but there's are a lot you, of I tricky midi things but so i use a ableton live but that's because i use it when i perform so mm -hmm. you know in the studio we're generally in a studio and we do use ableton we also use pro tools for vocals sometimes but in general when i play live we use ableton live because it allows I me to it. launch it all 
Oh, it's yeah. it's it's like Ableton Live along with Setlist um, from Henry Strange Strange Electronics, and just you can you can just program your set. Like I play alone, I play guitar and sing, uh, and I have everything's with me. I'd like to have a drummer on stage, but um, it's hard to get people in. I don't know, just getting it going. But um, yeah. okay, so now you mentioned um, I did see that you're working on a couple short films, but I, I'd like to hear the maybe the evolution of how you got here. If you want to keep telling me more about your about you know what you've been doing and how where did Denise become this LA film person score person how did it happen well so I I'm from the Philippines originally so I started there I started um, as a freelancing composer in the Philippines and one of my mentors told me hey you should like uh, maybe check out the states like study or whatever because i like i said i i only took a la carte classes i wasn't i didn't have like a music degree so he advised me to check out some programs in the u.s and then i did and that's how i landed in la so i took a film scoring certificate at ucla extension it was like a two years two and a half years program and it just taught me everything i needed to know to get started in la like learning how to work with MIDI and learning how to score to picture and just like really great foundational things outside of music production gotcha. um, and also orchestration. Yeah. How could I forget orchestration and conducting and they're all like one or two classes. It's not like a full on degree. Right. So from that program, I was able to grab an internship at Remote Control Productions, which is Hans Zimmer's studio. And from that internship, I was able to land an assistant job at Bleeding Fingers, which is Hans and Sony's um, collective of composers. And then from there, I was promoted to full-time in-house composer. And that's how, you know, when I started working on these nature documentaries, and that's how I got my Emmy. And for the, and that's, and congratulations, that's amazing. So for those listeners who may be a little younger or whatever, could you tell a little bit about who Hans Zimmer is and why he's so important? Yeah, I, I feel like Hans Zimmer really like changed the sound of film music. Like he introduced this like edgy, synth heavy sound as opposed to like what we all love and know as like the John Williams sound, the um, John Powell, the all the all the other greats, but Hans kind of came in and did Lion King, and for a Disney movie, it's like I'm also for a Disney movie in general. Lion King was like pretty dark compared to all the other Disney movies around it. So, like Hans is like a really good person to complement this kind of just darkness. So he came in with like big drums epic drums and just like epic vocals so but also lion king is a very old reference for the young people let's see um i want to say maybe inception or interstellar i hope that is relatable to the younger crowd <laughs> and inception was epic you know just every level you know of that yeah, thing. exactly and and the batman um dark knight like he kind of created this Brahms, but you hear a lot in trailers nowadays. This big like boom, like Hans not didn't create it, but like he popularized it. Got it. Basically. 
because he Very mixed cool. it with a lot of like synthesis and brass so i feel like he really like changed the sound of movie music and and was he doing it some of the television shows too in the 80s i think did he do miami vice or is that somebody else i think that's somebody else yeah but i like that whole synth sound of the 80s i'm also big on harold faltermeyer and the axel oh, Foley yeah. stuff <laughs> it wasn't that recent collaboration really really cool um that they did with lauren balf as well it was like for um top gun that was amazing. Um, yeah. I was impressed with that. And I think he, I think they've got another Mission Impossible Tom Cruise movie about to blow up right now. Yeah. I want to see the new Indiana Jones one as well, but I haven't really had a chance yet. Oh, there's hmm. so much to see in the coming weeks. Like there's the Oppenheimer Barbie. Like <laughs> there's so much right now. I mean, it's Fi- summer. Finally, the like it feels like it's just it's just finally movies are back, you know, everything's just finally back. It's been like I left LA in March 2020. Oh my goodness. And came wow. back to Canada after 13 years. I miss it. I miss the the skateboard parks. I miss everything. But it's it's great to be near family. So that's that's the thing. Canada is it's a whole other thing. Um, but anyway, uh that's pretty cool. So um I guess. If you have any advice for people, this is the Musicians Insider. I do like to try to get some tidbits for people that may be interested in trying to get to where you're getting or to just to get to L.A., right? Like sometimes it's just to get somewhere, right? You don't need to be in Los Angeles or New York or Nashville, but it's good to go. It's good to network. Yes. Are there any so events you I- attend, like NAM or other events? Yes. I When I'm like not busy working on something, I I go to events so nam is definitely one i went this year i i used to go like every year and then i got hired and had no time <laughs> and then, so like now this year i had the time to go so i go to that and then i i sign up to a lot of like local um composer groups so that's great these the thing with this is like thankfully because of the pandemic all the events have also gotten used to having like online versions so you don't have to be in LA or New York to be able to participate well today I had um the reason I was like a couple minutes before this is because I actually had another event double booked at the same time that was a local thing that they just said it's going to happen today and I looked at the time and I'm like why is it giving me reminders about it twice i'm like oh i have two things at the same time oh gosh <laughs> so many and we have indie week here in toronto like there's a lot of musician types that are working together to make like we have canadian music week north by northeast festival like it's sort of like the our version of south by southwest north by northeast i don't know um <laughs> i miss the u.s conventions actually it's the industry Aww. here is so much smaller but it's also kind of nice everyone does know each other it's it's a little strange i, I do miss thing. like yeah wherever you go like you can always like uh, make friends with the local community well and... i feel like i i should do an airbnb for a month in la and come back and just get a bunch of networking done do that once a year kind of thing and just get it over with um yes so that's that's, that's kind of I, I i guess what i'm saying is i think it's good for people to know that you do have to go where it's happening to sometimes be in it. Yes. Hmm. Yes. Yeah. Like you don't have to live there. But, but you have it... to go sometimes yes. in person means a lot more. It's just meeting people face to face makes such a difference, especially now that we're back out of the pandemic and you can do it again. 
Exactly. And uh, one thing I found very helpful is going to film festivals. Like that's the best use of your time. If, if you were to travel to LA or New York or any other like film hub, go for a film festival and then you'll meet the right people. And it's like a really good use of your time and energy. So we have TIFF here in Toronto, T-I-F-F, uh, Toronto International Film Festival. And then we have Sundance in Park City. And then there's Cannes. And then I think there's an AFM market. I'm not sure what else in LA. Well, in LA, there's there's a lot of like micro festivals. Like there's like the, I went, I recently went to the Asia Pacific Film Festival. So L-A-A-P-P-F-F. There's a lot of double letters in that festival. But there's that. And then there's like, there's the Mammoth Film Festival, mm -hmm. which is like four hours from LA. I think it's eight. It's It's far. Because I remember going snowboarding there. It's like really far. Well, maybe that's because we were on a bus. <laughs> yes, because we we drove. My husband and I drove there, and I don't. If maybe it were five and eight, a half, it, six hours, maybe. Yeah, it could be more like that. But yeah, there's a lot of little festivals, and no matter where it is, like you will guaranteed you will meet filmmakers. I met a lot of very eclectic and interesting people at at Burning Man Festival. Actually, that was that's a it's a very interesting place to meet crazy people that one I haven't. how was that experience well we've gone for like 10 years in a row we run the skateboard camp there and i have friends who make really cool art cars and things so it's it's the art is incredible the big art it really depends like there's hundred thousand people pretty much there so uh i haven't been in three years it'd be kind of nice to go back i think that'd be good hoping festivals it's like every like a, you'll meet a lot of creative people there. So it's like also a great hub of networking. And there's a bit of a barrier to entry. Like you kind of have to be able to afford it and also know people. And then placement is a whole other issue. Um, but yeah. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yeah, definitely go to things. I think that's the, the key point here. <laughs> like go out. Yes, I, I would have to say yes. And I had another guest on just recently, uh, and my takeaway from our discussion was for a musician to play out, play live as much as you can. And for, for this stuff, it's go to events as much as possible, get involved, network, meet people in the industry. And, and you never know who you're going to meet, be nice to everyone. And uh, hmm, what else can they do? Well, can they go and see some of your movies or some of your, what, what else have you been working on? Do you want to plug away a bit? Let me know what, what would be your, what a website is or some stuff that you're doing. Well, I am in the middle of wrapping a feature film that I'm co-scoring with my husband. Um, and it's a sci-fi thriller, but we don't have a release date yet. But I would say just watch out for it. It's called Parallel and it's directed by Kurosh Ashari. So, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a really, really great story. Great film. The acting is incredible. The music is pretty, pretty good. Parallel. And is it coming on a specific network or all of them? um we don't know yet gotcha. i don't think so um, well i wish you well on that one and good luck because it's hard every time you make up something and you're just like waiting for it to happen and then it becomes bigger than you once all yes. the people are part of it but then the final mp4 exactly <laughs> exists there's also well there is a netflix documentary that i did and recently got nominated for an emmy again um nice called island of the sea wolves it's a nature documentary about uh the wildlife in vancouver island so yeah that that one's on netflix and i co-scored it with um 
my former colleague uh Laurentia Adita. Is there like some famous narrator on it or who's talking oh, through it? Of course, Will Arnett. <laughs> and his voice is just like I mean, I know him from Arrested Development, Bojack Horseman, and just his comedy. And then seeing him, I mean, hearing him narrate this nature documentary is like very refreshing and it makes sense. Like, I mean, some parts of me, like, I laugh, even though maybe it wasn't meant to be funny, just because I associate him with comedy. Kind of like but, when Snoop Dogg does it. <laughs> yeah, but that, that one feels like a little more intentionally, like, comedy. <laughs> right, because it's it, hard to take him seriously. But yeah, I, I Will Arnett, that's great. I was yes. just guessing that you had someone interesting. I didn't know. That's, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. Um, anything else coming up? Any other productions or things that you're hoping to do? Or is there something you want to do that you haven't had a chance to? Well, I, I, I've talked about this many times and like, I really want to do more like dark comedy, dr dramedy films, even TV. Like I, 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 I watch TV a lot. So like when beef came out, have you seen beef on Netflix? Oh, that's with the two in the car that I have a couple. Yeah, I know. I know that I haven't seen all of it. No, but I know what you're talking about. And a lot of people really, really like that. Who is in it? It's um, Ali Wong she she's like she plays the the lead who gets who's like has a really short temper and then her um counterpart is Stephen Young yeah Stephen Young from Walking Dead right yes yeah yeah so, I, I, I like that <laughs> that's such a good show so like I I would love to do something like that or something like Black Mirror would be really cool Black Mirror has some really, really good stuff on it. And I also like Breaking Bad, stuff like that. Those are really, really good. And I felt like I was on top of those when they came out. I'm a big Rick and Morty fan, too. Oh. Um, I don't know. It's kind of not done as much, but I, I really love that, too. I just, uh -huh. It's always a Halloween costume. It's like something from Rick and Morty. Okay. <laughs> you have so many options to choose from. <laughs> it's funny, though. The Los Angeles Halloween costume stuff is different than the Canada one. Here, people are bundled up trying to stay warm. There, they're all half naked walking on Hollywood Boulevard. It's like, who can wear the least amount of clothes for a Halloween costume? It's like, oh, my goodness. You know what, though? It's like, it's actually cold here. And maybe it's just the tropical girl in me, but like. It's not cold. <laughs> the tropic in no the there are seasons in in la there's definitely winter and summer there and it's just it's a different thing like you wear a layer an extra hoodie you don't wear shorts uh, anymore you stop wearing white or stuff but i mean <laughs> here true. here you have to wear like three hoodies and a jacket and the coat like i'm just happy that i have put all that winter stuff away for a little bit um, <laughs> it is beautiful here though the pool's nice everything's great we're we're in good weather um there are some fires sorry about that uh yeah, oh nothing. yeah that's right well uh, my fault <laughs> but it does it get really hot over there yeah 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 like how it's, hot like, well this is like new york okay oh yeah so think new york in the summer how annoying it gets yeah I see. and i've lived there and uh yeah i can't even do that so um but we're up on georgian bay it's pretty sweet so nice. um but uh do you have um any websites you want to promote or any projects you want me to put down here in the link below just for for our readers to to go further deeper on anything yeah so i do have a website it's denise-santos.com perfect right yeah. there yeah up there i have like samples of my work and it's like 
categorized into like genres and they can listen to those um and get an idea of what someone like you does uh professionally and how they would maybe like your what your calling card looks like your website so that's cool exactly and it has like a little nice picture of my studio so we'll get to see some of my instruments and (laughs) and what are your main instruments i see you have a lot of guitars behind you which is very cool yes so my main instrument is piano actually excellent Um, i do play guitar as well but i'm not like virtuoso virtuosic in it but i love the guitar um i love tone and that's why i have many guitars because like i can't get the same tone out of everyone so depending on the film i'll I'll switch it up so like i have a bunch of i have i have this baritone dan electro right here i don't know if you can see it um i was just using this recently you know, there's a whole subculture of Dan Electro people who have Dan Electro pedals and they just, it's like Apple tards kind of. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> well, I am not part of that subculture. I just but it's interesting to delve into that because you do have the guitar. You might want to grab a pedal and then they go together. Oh <laughs> yeah, maybe. I, now that you've opened my mind, we'll see. But yeah, so I have that. And then I also play like percussion. Um, Just, I have a bunch of, I have a cajon, I have a tambourine, I have this like Filipino like bamboo thing. This guy. It's just like you strung it. Was that too loud? Oh, very cool. No? Like a buzzer. I I can't hear it. I think it's being noise canceled. That's weird. Nothing. (laughs) Zoom. What you doing? Well, Well, you have to turn off original audio to make things work like that. This is one of the things I got. These are fun. It's just an Ableton push. Ooh, so you use that for your lives? Sometimes. You can use it to launch samples or to play like arpeggiated stuff, and then you can slide up and down on it. It's like basically just a keyboard, but you can program it so that certain scales are only the notes showing, which is amazing. Because oh. then you're just playing the scale only, and, and you can't miss the note. Like you, It's yeah. pretty cool for solos, I, yeah. There's a keyboard that, um, it's called Lumi that does that. It's by um the Roly people. Roland? Roly? Roly. I don't know. I don't know if I've seen it, but uh, I've seen a lot of weird ones. This is cool. So I, I have something else by Roly. It's their C board. Yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that. They had those at NAM a couple years ago. They make the the Lumi, I believe, is another keyboard that they make, but it like it lights up. Very cool. With the chords. I, um, use my, uh, I use my MIDI fighter Ooh. as my to play the next track in my live show stop play up down and i use set list and that just opens the set list window and this lights up and it's kind of fancy but it's just hitting play on how many stuff do you have when you're doing live so you have your sequencer you have so i actually have an axe effects a wireless guitar my in-ears and then this just goes into a universal audio sound card inside there so from the uh, Apollo Twin, I can go out into my mixer, which is sitting over there right now, but usually it's in the back. And then I can go left and right into a, uh, an iRig Duo. So I can go uh, live and stream it. Or I can go into four outs to the board. So I have stereo, like the tracks, the Ableton mm-hmm. stuff, and then the guitar and the vocal. vocal and the vocal, yeah. I can use auto-tune on the onboard processing. And for the guitars, I use the Axe FX, and it sounds incredible. Ooh. So I yeah. highly recommend an Axe FX or like a um, 
a Kemper or something like that. What are you using for amps? Yeah, I've messed with a Kemper and I really love it. Um, I re- They're a little I- weird shaped. They're weird, like form factor wise, the Kempers. <laughs> Cute. <laughs> they don't fit in anything. Well, well. That, <laughs> like they yeah. take up a whole space for themselves, but the XFX is two space rack. So mm-hmm. pretty well, straightforward. Kemper has like a, like a portable one and they have a, um, but like I said, it needs its own area in the studio oh. now. Like it needs its own table. Like mine's sort of tucked into this rack, which still breaks my back. Oh, um, God. But I also have a PC that I run. Um, it's just a, a, a lightning to Ethernet. And that okay. runs to my PC, which runs Resolume, which I run all my visuals on. So I can actually have any bar I want, have any clip come on using Resolume. So I learned how to do that with my crew from LA I have some really helpful people wow so really... you can run Ableton with visuals and it I can play my video live with to the video uh-huh. can we trigger, shot can you trigger different parts of the video or just well I have it timed so I can actually play my own song right along to my own live video that we shot at a club in Toronto called the horseshoe and it's it's kind of neat to see playing so I can play it live on TikTok along oh, to the video that's so, so cool <laughs> Have you done any TikTok? Uh, I'm a, I'm I love TikTok. I love watching and but I don't like I've I've posted like three videos. And so like, if you were to talk about what you do, like behind the scenes of someone who does what you do, I think it would be do very well because you have this privy insight to a world behind the scenes a bit, you know, where you just kind of give them little hints of some of the things before they can come out and people will love it. You know what? I used to do it quite a lot, even pre TikTok, like on Instagram, I would just post like videos of like me showing them a cool trick that I've done. And then I just kind of got so overwhelmed with work and then I stopped doing it. But I may consider reconsider. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let me know if you do and we'll follow you. That's, that's fun. We, I play guitar a lot with a bunch of guys. We have a group called the Mad Men of Metal. That's our hashtag. And we we just go on usually tonight, um, Friday nights or whatever. And people just take turns. You know how you can have a box with different people and, and you can make their box bigger for whoever's playing at the time. Uh, it's good to learn that. And I'm, I'm just getting, I'm trying to get to 10,000 so I can then start maybe making some money. But in Canada, we don't have access to the creator fund that Americans do. So it's not as lucrative here. Yeah, TikTok doesn't pay us the same way. Oh. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that, but Canada's not on the payroll for the creator fund for TikTok. Okay. So I was like, if they ban it, which I I, I don't know if they will. I really hope they don't because it's got a lot of free speech stuff on it. But I know they were they were talking about banning it here in the U.S. and then it just like never. They seem to be more focused on abortion, but (laughs) yeah, (laughs) and many other things. We'll we'll talk about it on the political podcast. This is the musicians' insider. We don't talk about that stuff because our fans might be into that zone, and we need them to keep (laughs) buying our records. Although no one buys records, all they do is rent music on Spotify at a very low rate. I I still buy records. Good for you. And it's hard because now it's like to make money, you really have to get a licensing sync or something because you can't really. No one's no one's really spending money on music. They just pay Spotify for their rentals, so they don't have commercials. Or you like, I mean, do people? I'm sure people still make money off of live shows, but not as live much shows, as- merch, merch, and live shows is mainly the the thing that's going on. And it's kind of hard, like now because everyone's got the same thing. 
mm-hmm. but to stand above the crowd, there's you got to do something interesting. But um, so I, I will say, Denise, it's been wonderful having you on the show today. Is there anything else you want to tell me about that I haven't talked touched on at all? I mean, I would just love for you to check out our nature documentary. It's it's three episodes and just listen to Will Arnett's soothing voice. <laughs> and, and what's the name of it again? And when does it air? Or is it out now? It's out. It's called Island of the Sea Wolves. Excellent. Yeah. All right. And well, I'll put a link to that. Watch out for the Emmy ceremony whenever it happens. Well, I wish you wish you well with another Emmy. I'm congratulations on the one you've earned. I'm sure you've worked very hard for it. And I appreciate having you on to tell my audience, you know, some advice for musicians and other creative people that want to do things in LA and how you've moved there. That's great. So I wish you well in the future. And you know, you're always if you have something coming up, you want to come back, let me know. We'll talk about it again. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks for having me. And I will see you on the TikTok. (laughs) All right. Thanks, Denise. (laughs) All right. This has been the Musicians Insider and I'm Cronus.